The Chosen Families Project, where everybody is welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Chosen Families Project. My name is Julian Ravello, and today's episode is called Mother-Daughter Duo from Kalamazoo, Michigan, the story of Stephanie and Doris Crum. Now, this is a very cool lot of photos that I received. So basically, you know, a a month or two ago now, I think, I bought this box or this photo lot off eBay, which is another source where I find my photographs that I recover. And I noticed, you know, early on when I was going through, I kind of didn't realize that they were all connected. But as I started looking into the photographs more, I started putting the pieces together and realized that there's more than just one photograph here that I could tell a story about. So like I mentioned before, they were from eBay and a lot of them are framed or came, they all came in frames. One of them I actually took out of the frame. I really liked the frame, but the frame, the glass actually broke and it's from probably from the 30s or 40s and it's sharp. So I didn't want it to damage the photograph or hurt me, but I do, the frame was really pretty for the one photograph. But anyhow, I kind of started looking into the people in the photographs themselves. So the first photograph that I kind of drew, drew my attention to was of a younger woman. It's this really nice portrait. It's a small portrait in this frame. And then on the back, it actually has her full name and dates the photograph. So it reads, Stephanie Jo Crum, June 1955, graduated from eighth grade at Nazareth Academy in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Now, after some research, I was actually able to find some more information on Stephanie, and I started out to build her family tree. And this was, you know, a couple weeks ago, and I kind of, you know, it's been a work in progress. So I decided to then, you know, look more closely at the other photographs that I bought in this lot to kind of just start, you know, find a starting point for them. And then one I kind of noticed was this other younger girl in a frame, but she had a lot of similarities to Stephanie, and I was very curious. So as I started pulling apart the frame, I decided to look into it further. And what I found was the photo was taken at Van Wallace Studio in Dayton, Ohio. And I knew that wasn't from Kalamazoo, Michigan, so I kind of was thinking maybe, you know, probably this is some other younger girl who just might happen to look similar on the back of the photo itself so the photo is in a like at the time with these frames a lot of the times they'll be in like a paper frame and then on the back of the photo itself it'll have some information you know I kind of learned these things you know and especially with older photos sometimes it's really hard or the ones that are really sealed sometimes I kind of just go on what I see but you know sometimes when I have really nothing I pull apart everything and then kind of put it back together as best I can you know because the goal really is to you know for my safety as well as for the person in the photographs to be able you know condition wise to keep it stable because a lot of these could be up to 80 plus years old so on the back of the photograph it reads sweet 16 Dayton Ohio 1930 now this was probably written in her handwriting or her mother's handwriting and however this what i found out was when you think about it you know the girl was in stephanie was graduated eighth grade in 1955 and if this was her sweet 16 in 1930 she would be born around 1914 so it wouldn't be the same girl and then i looked kind of further and i saw 
that there was more information on the back of the photo itself, which I had mentioned previously. And I was able to find an order number and it had the name and address linking to a Miss J.P. Lindecker at Marlboro Apartment 5C in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And I was like, okay, so here's Kalamazoo, Michigan, this specific town again. And that's why this is when I started picking my brain and I was like, maybe these photos are connected. And like I said before, notice Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo comes up a lot and it's a fun name to say. It sounds like kazoo. Anyways, so this gave a clue to who the girl in the photo was. It never, it's funny because if you think about it, it really never gave her name. We knew that she was born in 1914 and she was related to a Miss J.P. Lindecker. And after some research, what I found is Miss J.P. Lindecker is, her name is Eva A. Lindecker with the maiden name Mester. And she is the mother of Doris Augusta Lindecker Crumb. Now, Doris is Stephanie Crumb's mother and Eva is Stephanie's grandmother. So I was able to link these three women together. Although I don't have a photograph of Eva, I had a photograph now for two generations. So this is where I was really happy because this is awesome because now I have not one but two to return to the same family. So then I looked again into other portraits of the lot because I remember seeing Kalamazoo on the back of some of the other portraits. And then I noticed that so, so the, the two that I'm referring to are two separate uh, photographs. One is a portrait, and then one is this framed black and white group fo- photograph. They both don't have any writing on the back, but both have studios that they were framed at, both in Kalamazoo, Michigan. So one of the bigger portraits is actually Stephanie, probably in her 20s or 30s, and it matches with a photograph in her college yearbook. She looks super similar you know, and that's how I knew this was her. And it also, you know, it's from the back of the tag. The framer was from is from Labadee Arts and Crafts. So it was a photo studio probably in the 60s. And they did custom framing, artist materials, painting, cleaning, restored at 240 West Michigan Avenue in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And it has a spot for the title and artist. But that's, I guess, more for like art. This wasn't you know, this, she just brought it to a framer to be framed and she knew it was herself. So she didn't write anything on the back. And like I mentioned before, there's also a smaller black and white uh, group photograph that's in a frame. It is water damaged, which I noticed. And it, so I didn't want to open up and rip apart the photograph, especially with the label, because it's one of those that's not like, I would some, I don't mind opening up the even the rusty small little screws to get to it but sometimes that could even be bad because then trying to put it back apart is a real pain in the neck but you know if it's damaged you know you could cause more damage to the photo itself rather you know just to get a name or whatever information is kind of there so the other black and white photograph i believe it is probably stephanie with a group of friends or it could be her parents I'm not really exactly sure, but she does. The woman on the right side of the photograph that I'll tag in the blog looks very similar to Stephanie. And it was framed at a James C. Nichols studio at 509 Davis Street in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And it's very, so, you know, putting all these together, I figured now I have four photographs from the same family, which is awesome. So now I tell you the story of Doris Augusta Leindecker Crumb and Stephanie Joe Crumb 
Gradius. Doris Augusta Leindecker was born April 13, 1914, in Quincy, Illinois, to parents John Philip Leindecker, who was born in 1890 and died in 1958, and Eva A. Mester Leindecker. 18, she was born in 1892 and died in 1976. So in 1920, Doris lived with her parents in Dayton, Ohio. And then in 1930, she lived with them in Van Buren, Ohio. And at one point also before 1930, she also lived in Oakland, Michigan. And then on August 3rd, 1940, she would marry Leo Josephus Joe Crum. And I actually found a newspaper article talking about their marriage. And it gives a little bit of background on her formal education and kind of what she planned, you know, and all this, these really awesome details about Doris that I might have not been able to find through, you know, traditional genealogy records, such as census records and things like that. So it reads, Mr. and Mrs. John P. Leindecker, Kalamazoo, Michigan, formerly of Dayton and Oakwood, are announcing the engagement of their daughter, Doris, to Leo Josephus Crum. Kalamazoo, and Galesburg, Michigan. Mr. and Mrs. Leindecker and Doris have many friends in Oakwood, where Doris attended high school prior to, to their moving to Kalamazoo in 1930. She graduated from Dana Hall in 1932 and later attended Smith College and the School of Fine Arts of Yale University for two years, after which she spent a year studying commercial art in New York City. Mr. Crum is the son of Mrs. Leo J. Crum, Kalamazoo, and the late Dr. Crum. He graduated from Kalamazoo College, attended the University of Michigan and Detroit Law School, where he obtained his degree. He was admitted to the bar in 1937, and he now man maintains law offices in Kalamazoo and Galesburg. The wedding is planned for early in August and will be performed at the Leindecker Summer Home at Gull Lake near Kalamazoo. So this gives a little background on the family themselves. And, you know, you can see they're all very well educated you know, Leo's doctor was a father, and Steph, uh, Doris had attended fine arts school in Smith College and even studied at Yale. Leo's father would actually pass away the year previously in 1939, but he was, as the, um, the marriage record mentioned, he was a doctor. So everyone, you know, descending-wise, was very well educated in some form of art or science or some had some form of education in a higher subject. And just to mention for proper citation purposes, that marriage art article was from the Dayton Herald from Dayton, Ohio from June 1st, 1940, because that they had gotten their marriage license before and then they had gotten married. And that's one thing that, you know, especially if you're documenting your research, you have to be careful of is I notice a lot of times people take the marriage license record and not read it and use that as the date they got married. And then people on Ancestry will have like two or three marriage dates and then there's an issue. And it's a very simple fix. Ancestry, when you document it, you document it as a marriage license as opposed to their actual date of marriage. It's just something that I put as a technicality. Sometimes I use the marriage license date, give or take, but, you know, because those are two completely different dates. For example, with them, what I found with Doris and Leo, they had gotten their marriage license in Kalamazoo County on June 28, 1940. And they had actually gotten married on August 3rd, 1940 in Richard Gull Lake in Michigan at their summer house. So those are, you know, almost two months apart. And this the article was from June 1st when they got engaged. So it, it, you know, it's just something to be very careful of. 
So on the 1950 census, Joe was listed as a lawyer. As I mentioned previously, that was where that was the occupation that was listed in the marriage article. And together they would have three children. Stephanie was born on May 1st, 1941. They had a stillborn daughter in 1942 and their son Leo in 1943. And it was really cool. You know, sometimes you don't know what you're going to find when you search in you know in google because a lot of so google has a lot of published texts especially from universities and colleges which is just something to be very careful of because you never know what you're going to find and especially you know what rang alarm bells was you know that they were all formally educated so you know what i would do is i would type in their full name especially for women who are educated i'll type in their maiden name and i'll also type in their married name and depending on the search results you know it it can produce really cool, unique records that, you know, might not be the first thing you would think of offhand, but can provide some really valuable information. So as an alumni of Smith College, Doris actually had records in the Smith Alumni Quarterly in 1943, and I had her found her name for publishing for the both of her children's births, which I thought was really cool. So one of the, besides just listing the births, you know, this is why I always love looking at records externally is because it could also list other little snippets that are just that can be valuable, especially depending, you know, say I'm looking into her husband's military records. This one actually tells me some information about not only their children that they had together, but him, uh, the husband. So it says to Doris Leindecker Crum, a son, Leo, April 14th. Doris's husband, a first lieutenant in the army, is stationed at Fort Custer. She and her husband and her son run the farm with 400 acres. You know, something you would never really think of, you know, all these little details. And it's just really cool just to hear about part of their livelihood, especially when they lived in Michigan. So I'm going to kind of talk more about Stephanie's life now, just briefly. And I'm going to go kind of in like a timeline from including Stephanie and Doris. So in June 1955, as I mentioned before, Stephanie would graduate from Nazareth Academy in Kalamazoo, Michigan. She would later attend Kalamazoo College with, and obtain a degree in French, and she would also attain Sorbonne and would become a teacher. Stephanie would, also, would then move to California sometime in the early, you know, the late 1950s, early 1960s, and she had one son with her first husband, and they had divorced in 1966. She then would get remarried to her second husband, Henry, in 1973, and they would have two children together, with Henry adopting in her son from her previous marriage. So within the timeline, Stephanie's grandma, Doris's crumb mom, who uh, who we was mentioned at, as Miss J.P. Leindecker, would pass away in 1976. And then according to Henry's webpage, who, and he's an, a published author, Stephanie's first son would pass away in a car accident on February 9th, 1990 in California. Stephanie, during her lifetime, worked as a school teacher in secondary education. And I actually found her in some faculty yearbooks, which I thought was really cute. And it listed in one of her yearbooks, it actually listed where she got her degree from, which was in French and the college that she went to with alongside all the other faculty members. Just another little, you know, another clue, just in case, you know, it, you can like finding sources about where she was educated. Say you didn't know where your grandma went to college. 
you you can look up her name and find a yearbook and you know if she was a teacher it might list these types of clues and then you know you can actually trace that record back so it's like when especially when i do this type of research you know you kind of work with different records to find different records if that makes sense stephanie would pass away at the age of 54 on october 18 1995 and her obituary reads stephanie crumb Diaz passed away wednesday october 18 1995 miss Diaz was born may 1st, 1941, in Kalamazoo, Michigan. For over 30 years, she was a secondary teacher in the Los Angeles public school system. She was a graduate of Kalamazoo College and had attended Sorbonne in Paris, a parishioner at St. Anne's Church, Richland, and the Holy Family Church in South Pasadena, California. She was active in numerous Catholic guilds and organizations. She was also very active in several foreign student exchange programs. She was preceded in death by a son, Eric Gradiaz, in 1990. Surviving are her husband, Dr. Henry L. Gradiaz, a daughter, Sarah, a son, Michael, and her parents, Joe and Doris Crum, and a brother, John Crum. The memorial service is at 6.30 p.m. on Friday, October 27, 1995, at the Holy Family Church, 1501 Fremont Street in South Pasadena. And what's very interesting is it's even though it's being held this one memorial service is being held in south pasadena i also found one for the actual funeral arrangements and the memorial it reads a memorial service will be held friday october 27 1995 at 6 30 p.m at the holy family church and the arrangements were by the truesdale ansel funeral home in kalamazoo michigan so it's just another cool thing because you can tell that you know her hometown really cared about her despite her living in California. And her mother Doris would pass away on November 9th, 1999 in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And she is buried with her husband Leo in Fort Custer National Cemetery together because he was a first uh, I believe a colonel or a first, first lieutenant in the army as right after they got married and that's where she that's where they are buried together. And as of currently, I am looking for any close relatives to Stephanie and Doris. And I actually reached out to her husband, Henry, already. But I am looking to hear back from any relatives to hopefully send these beautiful photographs home. These are absolutely amazing and detailed portraits. And I'd love them to go back to a close loved one, especially if they're still alive. And if you are related to Stephanie or Doris, please reach out to me at thechosenfamiliesproject at gmail.com. And I will be on a week or two hiatus. I will be going on vacation within the next, um, within this weekend. But I will be back and I will, and as though, so with my school schedule coming up as well, I plan on doing them every two to three weeks, depending on how busy I am with exams and a very hectic schedule but i do plan on continuing this project during the semester and still returning photographs back to loved ones whenever i can thank you again remember that you are loved and you are always welcome here take care bye <laughs>